C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us today. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer. CloroxHealthcare.com forward slash C. Radio. It's a great pleasure to welcome our guest joining us today, here to discuss how to prevent cross-contamination in healthcare environment with the assistance of a tabletop UV device, the disinfection of handheld mobile devices and small medical devices. With us is Ron Romano, RN. Ron's unique experience and education equips him well for his role as president and CEO of SafetyNet. Ron has served the healthcare profession in various capacities for over 32 years. And also with us is James Seahas, is the founder and CEO of Advanced UV Systems with 30 years plus in the healthcare industry. At this time, I would like to introduce our first guest, Ron Romano, to the program. Thank you for joining us today, Ron. Hi, Nancy. It's great to be here again. And uh, I always uh, look forward to your program and uh, really enjoy the opportunity to, uh, to talk to everyone about infection prevention. Uh, you know, last time we had a great conversation about hard surface disinfection and total room disinfection using the HALO disinfection system, which is the hydrogen peroxide um, dry mist to uh, totally disinfect patient rooms and, and uh, uh, equipment rooms and just everywhere in the hospitals and surgical centers and doctor's offices and clinics and really anywhere you can think that there may be an infectious outbreak. Um, and, and if you'll remember, Nancy, uh, when we spoke last, um, you know, we talked about there's not one thing that's a silver bullet to uh, take care of all of our infection control um, issues and problems out there. And one of the ones that we began to talk about was the small devices that are being used throughout the hospital now, the mobile phones and the um, iPads and, and tablets and, and then all of the other little medical equipment like um, glucometers and, and otoscopes and, and uh, stethoscopes and all of those things that our healthcare professionals use all the time. And um, I'm just really excited for uh, Jim to, to talk more about the uh, UV box, as we call it, makes it a little bit simple, but it's uh, the small device disinfection system that we are introducing to hospitals and, and all of the healthcare. Um, so it, it's just really exciting to have Jim on the show today with me uh, talking about that. And it's just another piece of the puzzle out there, just one more um, little piece to, to provide an overall solution to all of healthcare. Exactly. And thank you so much, Ron, for the recap in, on our previous episode. And I just want to share with the global listeners that Ron Romano joined us on May 9th and the episode that was um, we were discussing infection prevention and the guidelines and recommendations related to healthcare-associated infections. So we thank you so much for uh, joining us on that program too, Ron. 
Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. And let's uh, welcome James Seahaus to the program. And thank you for joining us today, James. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit to you. Ah, it's a pleasure. And thank you so much for taking time out to join us today, too. And James, would you like to take a moment and introduce Advanced UV Systems and how it started in the infection control environment? Sure. Basically, what it is, is we, I started this company about three years ago. Um, I kind of retired and bought a farm out in Virginia. And after a few months, my wife told me, either get out of the house, find something to do, or I'm going to leave you with the five dogs. So <laughs> figuring that I'd become pretty much unemployable at this time, I decided to start my own company. And what I did is I contacted a lot of customers. I've, I've been in this business for about 30 years as an engineer managing territories, managing companies, and started talking to a lot of people in hospitals. And there was one consistent issue that seemed to come up again and again, and that had to do with infection control and reimbursements. Uh, It's a bogey out there that really is difficult to get your hands around, and now they're going to get penalized for it. So in taking about six months, it, it seemed to be, as Ron had mentioned, one area that just wasn't answered or addressed correctly or consistently, and that happened to be all these small little devices that um, traveled all over the uh, the hospital. I mean, they could be anything from phones to iPads to telemetry boxes, stethoscopes. It's, it's amazing when you walk through a hospital, you'll find all these little handheld things, and they travel everywhere. Well, mm-hmm. they've got pathogens all over them, and the only way they've been able to really deal with disinfecting them have been wipes, uh, which has limitations because of the fact that a lot of them have bleach on it. And to be honest, a lot of uh, people don't want to touch bleach to their hand because, you know, it is somewhat corrosive. And uh, it's just not a consistent way that people wanted to address them. So in in essence, people just kind of avoided it. They weren't decontaminating these items. So there has been a ton of information out there and studies that have been done all over the world that indicates that these are reservoirs of pathogens and they're passed into your hands and then your hands are then passed to a patient or another clinician or a visitor. So this is a way that a lot of this travels around. So after looking at this, I put together a uh, specification on what I thought would be the ideal product uh, to uh, take care of this. And then my job was to go out there and find an engineer that really knew how to build something like this. And that was, um, that was just pure dumb luck. And I'll take that over intelligence any day of the week. I uh, went through a, I don't know if you're familiar with a group called DARPA, but they designed the weapon systems or a lot of the advanced weapon systems for the Pentagon and happened to meet a guy named uh, Dr. Wayne Clark. Uh, Dr. Clark is probably the country's renowned expert on ultraviolet uh, germicidal decontamination. Um, He had been hired by the Pentagon, oh, about 10 years ago to develop a system uh, that would be inserted into their HVAC system to kill anthrax in case of a terrorist attack on the Pentagon. So I went through and called him up, talked to him a little bit, and then went out to San Diego where he lives and uh, went through the whole spec that I wanted and discussed it with him and all this other stuff. And he was really apprehensive. 
I mean, Dr. Clark is 76 years old, and the last thing he needed was somebody like me to torture him into doing another product. But he happened to have a friend of his there, another doctor, who'd been working with him on this Pentagon project. And after we went through all the discussion and what tools were available to hospitals to deal with this, uh, his friend of his turned around to him and said, uh, Wayne, you got to do something to help these people out. He said, I got C. diff in the hospital. It almost killed me. He said it was one of the worst experiences he ever had in his life. And that really mm-hmm. got Wayne interested in taking a look at this. And uh, from there, we went on to designing prototypes and testing them, lots of lab tests, designs, manufacturing. And then uh, we went through a pilot manufacturing and then into uh, a sales program that was limited to specific hospitals and established a product there. And it's been uh, very, very well received on the clinical end of things. Um, so that's, that's how the company started. Um, that is quite a story, and thank you so much, James, for sharing that with everyone. And James, maybe you can explain why the current products work are not working uh, that are supposed to be decontaminating um, the handheld devices. Well, there's a there's a couple reasons. Uh, first of the problems is that uh, the, the current ways that you would deal with this are uh, applying either a bleach solution or something along those lines, especially if we're looking about at C. diff. C. diff is the biggest problem to deal with. Um, It's difficult to kill, and you can't kill it with your standard disinfectants. Typically, a bleach solution is used. The thing is, Mm -hmm. though, it's got to be wet and exposed to this bleach for about three minutes. And I think if you ever sat next to a microwave and watched that counter go down to three minutes uh, while you're waiting for your food, that's a long time. So think of doing that now with each side of every phone, every tablet, every uh, telemetry box, every stethoscope, all of these items. What happens is it just doesn't get done in practicality. Not mm-hmm. only do they not have the time to do it, they really don't have the patience. I mean, it's, that's a lot, of, a lot to ask somebody to sit there and just try to decontaminate stuff this way. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we decided that you know, ultraviolet, if it's properly designed and used, you can make an extremely effective germicidal chamber. And that's essentially what my company does is we design and develop ultraviolet germicidal chambers. Uh, you can increase what's termed as the iridience level or the, um, I guess, uh, in layman's terms, uh, the ability to disinfect or break down DNA many, many fold using Dr. Clark's technology that he developed for the Pentagon. It's essentially reflecting it. It's kind of like an oven. Uh, think in terms of um, uh, if you had just uh, a couple burners and they were on the outside and you didn't have anything reflecting that heat, you wouldn't get an awful lot of effective heat. But if you had it in an oven and everything was reflecting that heat, you would have a very hot uh, oven. And essentially, that's the same thing that you have with this ultraviolet through reflecting it. And it's with special materials you have to use to reflect it you can create a very intense UV, as they term it, flux that's, uh, um, I guess it's, it's, it's equal on any position within it because the worst thing you could have is uh, put something within that, that oven, as we're terming it, or that UV uh, box that we have. And then if you have spots that have very intense UV and others that don't, then you end up with areas that are decontaminated and areas that aren't. So it had to be an equal amount 
in every spot within that uh, particular UV box. So that's how uh, essentially how it works in real simple terms, but it's extremely effective. We're able okay. to uh, uh, we're able to kill um, oh about ninety nine point nine or better percent of C diff spores, which are the real problem, in uh, about fifty five seconds, which is one third the time. So that's that's pretty effective. Exactly, and. Um, James, the devices that are being cleaned and disinfected, do there is no other solution utilized um, at, at before um, going into the, the U- tabletop UV disinfection box, correct? Well, what you need to do first is you have to think more in terms of the way that hospitals do sterilization, and you got to always clean things. The first thing you have to do is take off the bio burden because pathogens can hide underneath it. If the light or the UV light can't actually hit it, then it can't kill it. So it's always a good idea to wipe things down. Um, my recommendation to a lot of hospitals is to wipe it down with a microfiber because one of the concerns is, you know, bleach has been around for 100 years. Well, it's been around for millenniums, actually. But, you know, the Clorox company, for example, which is a manufacturer of bleach, they've been around for a little over 100 years, and uh, they do a fantastic job. I don't know if when they came out with bleach or they were developing these products that they thought about the electronics and the screens and all these very delicate components that they would be exposing it to. Uh, so there's a lot of potential damage that occurs with it. That's why I recommend just going with a microfiber or something like that to remove the uh, bio burden first. And what that does is then uh, exposes the pathogens to the light so it can be very effective. Okay. Well, thank you so much, James, and thank you for sharing this important information with our listeners. We're going to break for a commercial right now. When we return, we'll continue discussing how to prevent cross-contamination in a healthcare environment with the assistance of a tabletop UV device with our guest, James Seahouse. Yes, I got that right. (laughs) Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Thank you. it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call one 844 367 2343. That's 1-844-4-C-DIFF. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? 
exited a restroom, entered and exited a patient's room, visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff spores and more. And we thank our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, James Seahaas, founder and CEO of Advanced UV Systems, here to discuss how to prevent cross-contamination in a healthcare environment with the assistance of a tabletop UV device. Welcome back to the program, James. Thank you very much, Nancy. You're welcome. And James, would you like to take a moment to introduce the Advanced UV Systems tabletop UV disinfection box and how it's operated? Absolutely. You know, I, I thought maybe the first thing I'd do is um, give you an idea of how this technology was developed so you have a baseline to understand it. You know, if you step back and think about the original problem, and that was to kill anthrax in moving air, which is, when you think about it, it's pretty complex. I mean, you have a spore that's traveling through air very rapidly, a fraction of a second. And what you have to do is you have to either kill or sterilize this particular spore in a very, very short amount of time. And with anthrax, it's not like you have a second chance at this. You know, it's virulent. They could really do some serious harm. In fact, the modeling that they did at the Pentagon determined that if they had had that one envelope, I don't know if you guys remember, but at one time uh, somebody had sent an envelope of anthrax through the post office in Mm -hmm. D.C. And... They said if that amount of anthrax had been introduced into the Pentagon, the death toll at the Pentagon would have been higher than the two planes hitting the World Trade Center at, uh, during 9-11. So wow. it's incredibly dangerous stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so in any case, if you think about this, now what you've got to do is you've got a spore that's extremely deadly that could be introduced into your air handler up on the roof, and now this thing flies through a very short tunnel, and it's got to be exposed to UV, you know, and, and killed almost instantly. Now, UV has been known around for, for years, decades, uh, as an extremely good germicidal, uh, uh, I guess, tool to be able to kill uh, bacteria. Anything with the DNA, it'll, it'll kill. What it does is actually breaks it down and disrupts it to where it either dies or it can't reproduce. And the reproduction is actually what makes it uh, very deadly. So... The problem you have is that the way a bacteria behaves or any type of pathogen behaves with UV, it's dependent upon the type of pathogen, and spores are usually the worst because they've got their coating on top of it, so they make it that much tougher to kill. Um, it's the time that it's exposed to the, to the UV and then the amount of energy that it's exposed to. 
So if you look at your, I'll give you an example. If you take your average UV lamp that's maybe 26 inches long, and say you're 13, and that puts out what they term as 8,500 milliwatts per second per centimeter squared. Just that's a number, okay? Now, if you take it 13 inches away or one half of a lamp length away from that particular light, that drops down to 700. So if you think about it, and say you have a, um, a bacteria that requires 7,000 milliwatts of exposure to UV before it dies, that means if it was 13 inches away from that lamp, it would have to take 10 seconds. Now, you're never going to get 10 seconds if you're thinking about it going through a, uh, a tunnel within, um, uh, within a uh, HVAC system. Uh, you've got maybe half a second. So what else can you do? The, the only other option is to increase that amount of UV energy to, that's going to be exposed to this particular pathogen. Well, I guess you could add a bunch of lamps, but that gets really complex and difficult, and that's a pain in the neck. Uh, you can make that tunnel a heck of a lot longer with a whole bunch of lamps in it, but you end up into something the size of a football field before you get into it, so that's not going to work. So the only thing you can do is increase the effectiveness of that UV by reflecting it many, many fold. So what we did is we took that same technology and said, you know, if we build a tiny little box similar to what Dr. Clark had built, only a small one uh, that would fit, say, phones and would fit iPads and telemetry boxes and cables and lead wires and all that other stuff, you know, stethoscopes, and you put it in there and you pressed a button, and that was the other thing too, it had to be really simple. You press one button, it turns on, goes for 55 seconds, it would decontaminate it. And that's essentially what we did. So we just took Dr. Clark's idea and shrunk it down into something that was really usable and portable. And that's, in essence, what the product is. Now, one of the things I mentioned is we tried to make it very, very simple. And in 30 years of selling things, the one thing I did find is that Nurses would rather take care of patients. That's why they're in that business. The last thing they want to do is spend a lot of time trying to learn all sorts of software and all sorts of other things that probably they're not going to use very often. They want something that's simple, repeatable, and uh, just easy to use. So what we did is we built this box that's roughly, I think it's about 10 inches wide, 10 inches high, 20 inches long. You open up a door. You put whatever you want in it. You close the door, you press a button, the light goes on. When the light goes off, it's done. That's it. It's, um, it's about as simple as you could make it. And that's one of the things people seem to like about it the most. Does that make sense, Nancy? Absolutely. It sounds wonderful and very simple, simplified, and time-saving. And it, it is saving a lot of time, um, not only for the uh, operator, like a nurse or a doctor, but also in um, the healthcare system, correct? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, we did uh, some analysis here because, you know, the thing is, the thing about hospitals is they're, um, they're slow to adopt. And that's probably a really good thing when you think about it. You don't want people jumping around to therapies that haven't been proven and things like that. So they take some time to, to figure out if this makes sense. But one of the things you start to find is that, you know, within the financial aspect of hospitals, there's a lot of black holes where there's areas where money's being spent 
and it's because we're using either older technology or not using technology correctly. And uh, we're spending a lot of money in areas we don't have to. I'll give you an example. This is just something that kind of amazed me. But say, for example, your average um, 200-bed hospital, which is about the average size of a hospital, they might have, and this is numbers from 2014, about 169 phones. Well, essentially, if you went out there and just decontaminated your phones twice a day, okay, and the difference between a one-minute decontamination twice a day and a three-minute decontamination day uh, per day, that's 11 hours. 11 hours extra of labor that you're paying for. If your average nurse is paid 45 bucks an hour, that's $507 in salaries just to decontaminate your phones twice a day. Think of all the other things you need to decontaminate. That number rises very, very quickly. So it I becomes quite a problem to deal with. Yeah, that, that's quite a lot of time. And what a savings. Yeah, actually, we looked at it, and over the course of a year, that's $185,000 per year in labor. Just wow. for, And that, that's essentially two dedicated full-time employees just on the decontamination of 169 phones. That's it. That's and amazing. you know you've got to decontaminate a heck of a lot more than that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. things like, you know, what, what do you do with your telemetry boxes, your stethoscopes? Stethoscopes probably need to be decontaminated more often than anything because they go from patient to patient to patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and iPads, you know, when we first came out with this product, we built it a little bit smaller because um, it didn't seem as if that many people wanted iPads. But from the time that we designed it to the time we built it and the time we actually had it into production, everybody and their brother started buying iPads. The thing that's driving the market faster than anything else, and this kind of makes sense, is I think you're aware that, um, you know, they put through that legislation several years ago about electronic records, uh, where all hospitals are trying to move everything to electronic records, which is a great thing. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think it's, it's a very important thing to do. Um, But one of the huge benefits is now a nurse or a clinician or a doctor can now essentially go right to the patient bedside and just pick up right off of her iPhone or iPad um, what the pharmaceutical needs are of that patient, the records of this patient, right at the bedside. So this has become a very, very valuable tool. And now they're popping up everywhere. The hospitals are putting in iPads and tablets and iPhones and, you know, Samsung phones all over the place. Typically, they own them because of HIPAA reasons, but it's a huge time savings to uh, clinicians and just makes life a lot easier for everybody and a lot more accurate. So you have to have some way of decontaminating them because on the positive end, you have all the information. On the negative end, they're right next to where the infections are, the pathogens are. So they're going to carry this stuff from bed to bed, patient to patient, clinician to clinician. There has to be a simple, easy way to decontaminate them. And if you use something like liquids, you can wreck the, uh, wreck the electronics in it. These things are getting really expensive. Heck, the new iPhone, I think they said, is going to be almost $800. Mm-hmm. You have 169 of them and you break 10 of them, that's eight grand. For what? <laughs> it's crazy. So now, you just have to start looking at things differently and utilize different kinds of solutions that are a bit more effective and that are really cost savings to the hospital. 
Exactly. And thank you so much, James. Uh, We're going to uh, pause here for a quick commercial break. When we return, we're going to continue discussing how to prevent cross-contamination in the healthcare environment with the assistance of a tabletop UV device with our guest, James Sihas. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1 844 4CDF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call one 877 2343. That's 1-844-4C diff. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. Before our break, uh, we were discussing the um, disinfection savings with our guest, James Sihas, founder and CEO of Advanced UV Systems. And James, before um, we move forward, I just want to ask you, are there any disadvantages uh, with this product with the tabletop UV disinfection box? 
I, like anything that you have, there's always disadvantages. Um, UV will eventually wear down plastics, uh, but that's over years. You'll notice, like on your car, um, sometimes, if, especially if you live in states like Arizona, where I used to live, um, you get a cracking of some of it. But that takes quite a long time for it to happen. The other thing, too, is that any of these disinfectants are only if, as effective as, uh, in this case, a light hitting that particular pathogen. So uh, what's important is if you have something that's, li- that's living under the biofilm that tends to grow on top of these things and it's not removed, you're not going to get the level of disinfection that you would want. Our system is really, really effective, but it's as effective as much as you clean it. Now, don't get me wrong. If you don't clean it, you're still a heck of a lot better than you were before. But if you want to get the best results, you've got to really kind of wipe things down a little bit first. And most hospitals have uh, standard operating procedures that they typically work with. And uh, typically, they will tell you to wipe everything down first before you put it in the box. Really, what we're doing is, you know, we're, we're trying to, like, like Juan had mentioned before, and I'm sure you're aware of it, this, is, this problem has, of infection control has so many facets to it and so many different areas that can, be, uh, that can be a problem. I mean, it's not like pharmaceutical manufacturing or food production where uh, things are pretty controlled environments. I mean, a hospital is you're, you're trying to create also a hotel environment to where it's comfortable for the patient. You have visitors coming in and out. There's a lot of areas that can impact pathogens coming in and out of the hospital. So what we've started to do is suggest to them, you know, let's look at the most dangerous areas or the areas of the highest probability of having a problem from pathogens that would be traveling. And I've always suggested the ICU, first of all, because of the fact that you have people with compromised immune systems there. So you need to have a couple in there. Uh, strictly from the standpoint, usually people that come in and out of the rooms, clinicians that come in and out, you know, it's a good idea to uh, take your phone if you've exposed it out there, or your stethoscope, and put it in the box for a little bit and uh, get the th- thing decontaminated before you go into the next room. It's only going to help the situation. Uh, the OR, probably not a bad idea to uh, have one at least in the um, – in the nursing areas, uh, the break rooms, things like that. Uh, we've also suggested things like in the NICU, for example. We have this in several NICUs. Uh, they actually have them on the outside uh, before visitors come in so that their phones and their um, uh, cameras are decontaminated before they go in and see the babies. I mean, you have babies with compromised immune systems. It doesn't take much before they get sick. And if you can, you know, help that along by just, decontaminating your phones. That's the other thing, too, is, you know, the first thing you do, I know whenever I visited, you know, family in the hospital, the first thing you do is you take out your phone and you start showing them pictures of what's going on. That's fun for them, but it's probably not the healthiest thing to do. So probably the best thing to do is if you come into a floor, decontaminate your phone. It's only going to help the situation. We've actually had a couple hospitals that are putting them on the information desks. So when you walk into the hospital, you decontaminate your phone, and then on the way out, anything that your phone or your iPad or your camera may have picked up, decontaminate it again so you're not bringing the stuff home. In fact, uh, that brings up kind of a funny thing. One of the things that we noticed that was I had no idea would be happening 
was the majority of time that is spent with this are nurses going out there and decontaminating all of their personal items before they go home. We had people putting shoes in these. They want to decontaminate their shoes before they go home. Keys, mm-hmm. lanyards with your IDs. It's amazing. Everything you can imagine goes into these boxes to get decontaminated. Um, Fantastic. It's, it's, it's a problem they realize personally. They don't want to bring this stuff home. So you can imagine you don't want to get your loved ones exposed to this stuff, and you don't want to be exposed to it. So any way you can decontaminate whatever items you got that are moving around that could be exposed to it, you want to make sure you're decontaminating it. Exactly. And thank you so much, James. And James, um, what is the most common response that you receive uh, to the tabletop UV disinfection box? Well, it's, it's been twofold. On the clinician end, we have, we have now put this in probably about 80 hospitals. And I, I have to tell you completely honestly, we have not had a single clinician tell us they don't want this product. Where we run into um, problems uh, or delays uh, is when we get into administration and purchasing. And that's primarily because hospitals are so capital constrained right now, they don't have the money to buy things. And they're limited in the funds that are available. So what happens is it either gets delayed, it has to be budgeted later, or they're looking at some other way to pay for them. So it's one of these things that uh, it becomes a financial issue. But then again, if they can take the time, and we've been putting this together now that's maybe been helpful, you know, when you think about it, a single occurrence of hospital-acquired infection costs $22,000. That's a mm-hmm. lot of money. If you stop just one or two of these, you've paid for this. I mean, the, these units are fairly inexpensive. They run about 2500 to $2,800 a piece. So wow. they're fairly inexpensive. Uh, the payback on them is, is typically months to where after that, you know, you've saved on a lot of wipes and other items. I mean, there's other things that hospitals are doing to try to reduce infections, like disposable items, like cables and lead wires, which could run into a large hospital network and the millions of, millions of dollars they'll spend on these items. So you can eliminate a lot of those costs. Um, you know, we looked at some crazy things like, for example, uh, your hand compliance programs that everybody is all over now runs mm-hmm. anywhere from a million dollars to five million dollars. But if you think about it, 78% of your clinicians have smartphones in their hands. And they've measured 20.6 of them have pathogens on the smartphones. Mm-hmm. But most hospitals don't have a procedure to get rid of the pathogens on their phones. So That's right. I'm spending all this time, spending all this money, making sure that everybody's hands are all clean. And then the first thing they do is grab their phone that probably has something on it. So exactly. why did we even do a hand compliance program? It's, it's, this is, you know, it's funny. I've got a friend of mine, Dr. Papadakis, who is heavy into this. And he said, you know, the hands of 2016, that's when we had this discussion, include a smartphone. He said, that's your hand today. And I think that's the way people have to look at it. They, they really include this. So I think what you're going to see is the market moving in this direction. It just seems to make financial sense. Clinically, people like it. And, I think it's going to help patients, and that's really the whole purpose of this effort. Exactly, and thank you so much for that, James. And I, 
Uh, a quick question, James. Is this tabletop UV disinfection box, is it high maintenance or does it have to be, you know, maintained by an outsider? No, it's very, very simple. That was the other thing we had to design into this. Um, there are no moving parts. Uh, the only thing that may happen is the bulbs might wear out in about seven years or so if you use the thing really extensively, probably closer to 10 years that you would have to change the bulbs out. Um, you could possibly break a quartz rod. And if you do that, what we do is try to make things as simple as possible. If something breaks within it, um, what you do is you call the company up, tell us we'll ship you out another one, you ship the other one back. That's how we do it. It's, there's no use tying up a biomed guy uh, dealing with uh, a lot of screws and pulling things apart to try to fix something when we can just ship them a new one and they ship the old one back and we just recondition it. So it makes it simpler for hospitals. And that was the whole thing here is to make things really easy for everybody. Take the aggravation exactly. out of this. It doesn't need to be aggravating. No, and you did, and congratulations. Thanks. Appreciate it. you you're welcome. And um, James, would you like to share some examples of success stories from hospitals and healthcare facilities that you've been working with? Sure. We've, um, and it's funny, I just got off a of children's uh, hospital, Landa. Uh, they're very interested now. Um, they just bought one and presenting now to all their leadership. Uh, we have installs in um, uh, University Hospital in Pennsylvania. Um, We have them up at uh, Spartanburg, uh, who's putting them in all their departments. Uh, We have it at New York Presbyterian. We have it at um, all size hospitals, all different kinds of hospitals. And that was the thing we were trying to do is to make this affordable to your average 200-bed hospital. I mean, a lot of people go out there and go, well, I got it over at this place, but you know, that's great. They, they're an enormous facility with a ton of money, but I'm more concerned with your average hospital that's got a regular community. Can they afford this? And that's why we tried to price it and make it extremely affordable and effective for them because people get sick there too. Exactly. So we've got it all over the place. And James, this... Call Ron's people up and he'll take care of it. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I was just going to ask you, this um, disinfection box that um, sits on the table, that's also going to be useful in other healthcare settings, such as long-term care, outpatient settings, surgery centers, doctor's offices, correct? Yeah, it could be used pretty much anywhere. Um, we made it so you can mount it onto the wall if you want it. Uh, you can put it right on top of a counter if you wished. Uh, we've actually got uh, some that we're putting on carts, possibly uh, environmental services has been looking at this. I've talked to some big companies about it uh, because they would like to have the ability to, de- to decontaminate for their uh, staff, not only for effectiveness, but also because of the fact that it does save them money. So there's, um, there's a wide variety of places and applications you can put this product into. We've also sold a couple, believe it or not, to food production companies. Uh, I didn't realize it, but I guess there's a problem in decontaminating knives. You know, all the things you learn when you end up with a product, you find all these little niches that people are interested in. Mm-hmm. That's true. And James, before we go to uh, a commercial break, can you explain and share the information with our global listeners on how they can learn more about the tabletop UV disinfection box? Sure. Uh, 
you can go to our website, which is advancedubsystems.com, and there's plenty of information there. Um, and we, we deal through representation that we have with Ron's group of Safety Net America, and um, he's got about 200 people out there. Initially, when I started this, I really kind of looked at it just as a small product to some select hospitals, but it didn't last very long. It kind of took off on its own, and I needed to add a sales department, and Ron had that, you know, a group that was really, really effective and dealt primarily with infection control, which is what we wanted. We want somebody with expertise, and that's exactly. what Ron's group brings to it. Well, and thank you, James, for sharing that with uh, our listeners today. We're going to pause for a commercial break, and when we return, we will continue discussing how to prevent cross-contamination in the healthcare environment with the assistance of a tabletop UV device, the disinfection of handheld mobile devices, and small medical devices with our guest, James Sihas. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1 844 4 CDF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call one 877 2343. That's 1-844-4-C-DIFF. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to our program, and we thank our listeners for joining us today. With our guest, James Sihas, founder and CEO of Advanced UV Systems, we have been discussing the disinfection of handheld mobile devices and small medical devices with the assistance of a tabletop UV device. James, can you tell us more about the partnership uh, between Advanced UV Systems and SafetyNet America? Sure. I had mentioned before that... um you know, when I first came out with this product, I kind of was just going to do something locally, keep it fairly small, but it took off a lot quicker than I expected. Now, I'd known Ron, both of us had worked for a company called Hillrom for years, and I'd known Ron for quite a while. And uh, I had realized that he had gotten into uh, putting together a group to uh, sell infection control products. And Ron has an incredible background as far as critical care nursing and a and it's surely a great background in infection control. And I was looking for somebody along those lines that could really promote the product correctly. So what we did is we put an agreement together. His company, Safety Net America, is the exclusive distributor of the product here in the States and Canada and South America. Uh, I believe he's got roughly 200 representatives throughout the United States. So we have excellent coverage. Um, both of our websites are now being linked so we're pretty much tied at the hip, but uh, everything goes through his company, and then I handle the, uh, my company handles the engineering and the manufacturing, all the other fun stuff. We're the behind-the-scenes kind of guys now, which is probably a little bit better for us anyway. So okay. I think, uh, I think pretty much every hospital have an opportunity now to see the product, evaluate it, and make a decision if it's something that works well for them. Wonderful. And James, do you have any reports that are available for uh, the, our global listeners and those interested? Yeah, there's uh, two ways to take a look at this. Um, first, when we did our studies, we took our testing to an FDA consulting lab. Uh, not that these products are FDA uh, listed or required by the FDA to be listed, but the FDA has a lot of stringent requirements and excellent testing capabilities when it comes particularly to food. And that's, believe it or not, that's where a lot of what you're going to learn about pathogens come from. There's huge studies in food and pharmaceuticals. So we dealt with a, a laboratory in, um, in San Diego that designed the protocols for testing and then did all the testing for us. And uh, all of that information along with the protocols are available uh, online or simply by contacting um, Safety Net America, and you can have all that information easily yourself. The second thing that happened is recently ECRI did a study of all of the tabletop UV disinfection systems out there. I'm sure you've heard of other companies out there that uh, disinfect things like phones and that kind of stuff. Well, what they did is they went through all of them, and I don't know if you're familiar with ECRI or not, but they're kind of like the consumer reports for hospitals. 
So they go around and they pull the new equipment down and take a look at it and do exhaustive, and I mean exhaustive evaluations of everybody's equipment from the standpoint of workflow, which means, you know, does it provide an advantage to the clinician as far as time, effectiveness, cost, uh, pretty much every variable you can possibly think of, and then compares everything. They don't make a recommendation to buy, but they what they do is they turn around and they evaluate it, I believe, on a scale from excellent to poor. So um, you can certainly go if you're a member of ECRI, and I believe most hospitals, or at least in networks probably are, maybe under their biomed group, uh, are members of ECRI, but you can get the reports and be more than happy for you to take a look at ours, uh, especially since we did really, really well. So I'm <laughs> very proud That's of that. Good. Uh, and uh, we turned out to be uh, less expensive than pretty much anybody else with uh, very, very good results. So, and I think when you look at it, that's kind of what you're looking for anyway. So Exactly. Sounds like a great product, yeah. James. And thank you so much for sharing that information about the report and uh, the ECRI, you know, the report and how people can um, take a look at that. And sure. James, what, do you, what are your future plans for new products from Advanced UV Systems? Well, you, you know, the thing that really started this whole ball rolling is uh, sterilizing air. And there's a strong belief that there's probably a real advantage to having sterile air in hospitals. We have products already designed. Uh, they've been sold in the companies like IBM, obviously the Pentagon that we talked about, several um, uh, medical device manufacturers, pharmaceutical manufacturers. So what we're looking at doing now is branching off into uh, what Dr. Clark had originally uh, designed, and that was um, sterilizing air for hospitals. We think there's a huge advantage there. It's just um, been one of these things that people know is an issue. Uh, They spend a lot of money on filtration, but I think what we can do is probably lower some of that filtration cost and energy cost and yield something that's probably um, a bit more effective uh, as far as um, killing all the pathogens rather than uh, trying to trap them. Uh, the other thing we're finding, too, is, you know, a lot of hospitals, or not a lot, but some of the bigger teaching hospitals are ending up with these Ebola rooms or Ebola, you know, Ebola treatment rooms that they're developing. And we were thinking to ourselves, boy, wouldn't it be nice if you could uh, decontaminate everything coming out of that Ebola tri- uh, room in case anybody with Ebola came in? It'd probably be a pretty good idea to kill all those pathogens that were coming out of that room. Exactly. Um, so we've... we've We've got a number of ideas here, and we'll start moving into that probably toward the fourth quarter of this year. Okay, and James, before we close the program, do you have any key points that you'd like to share with our global listeners? Well, I I guess if I had to sum some things up is that I think this technology, its time has come. It's a lot less expensive from a number of different aspects, and it yields consistent results every time. Uh, the problem with anything that you do by hand, unfortunately, you don't get consistent results every time, especially if you give it to 100 different people to do. And as we move toward trying to get consistent results across the, um, across the spectrum, then what you're trying to do is, the best way to do it is to automate it and make it as simple and consistent as possible. And that's one of the things it does. What we want to do is take 
the bogey of these handheld devices and decontaminating them off the list of potential dangers that patients and clinicians and visitors have to deal with. Let's get this little problem solved, and that's one less we have to deal with. Then we can start working on some of the other ones. So I think it's in addition to your handheld, your hand compliance now. It's simply an extension of it, um, but it's something that I think you're going to see hospitals start to adopt uh, pretty rapidly. So that's, that's my two cents on it. Well, we appreciate your two cents, believe me, and we appreciate all that you have shared here today. It's a wealth of information for our fellow healthcare professionals, and we certainly do appreciate it, Jim. So thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Nancy. It's my pleasure. Well, we look forward to having you on again in the future. And right now, before we close, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us today on CDIP Spores and More, our global broadcasting network. Please listen in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time with our guests to discuss up-to-date information focused yet not limited to C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, clinical studies, and environmental safety, and much more. Once again, we... We thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit their website, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. We would like to thank Synthetic Biologics for being our diamond sponsor of the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo, taking place on November 9th and 10th in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website, www.cdifffoundation.org. We send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and the many wellness draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with a reminder that none of us can do this alone and all of us can do this together. Thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you good health and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.